The fact is, you and I need it all the time, and we need it everywhere. Proverbs sixteen thirty two. Solomon said this, Better to be quiet or patient than powerful, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. You see, God knew we were going to be here tonight. And that's why God put me in a waiting room at a dentist office all afternoon. How many has ever gone to the doctor and you had an appointment for 3 o'clock and it was 5.30 before you were leaving? You see, there's a lot of avenues of life where we need patience. We need patience everywhere we go. And God is teaching me this lesson. He's teaching you this lesson. By testing our patience, God gives us true patience. You see, it's easy to appear like a patient person when everything seems to be going your way. But what happens when things aren't going your way? How patient are you? I want to share, as we begin this tonight, I want to share four ways that we know our patience is tested. So here they are. In what ways is my patience tested? Here we go. First way is this, interruptions. Interruptions test our patience. We've all experienced these. You sit down to supper and the phone rings. You sit down to enjoy time with family and something urgent comes up. You're working on a deadline for work and interruptions begin to happen. Often our best plans are interrupted from time to time. See, Jesus' disciples, they were just as human as you and I are. They disliked interruptions like we do. They became impatient with people who interrupted. You remember the time when the disciples became impatient with those who were interrupting Jesus' busy schedule. You remember they were bringing children to Christ and having Him bless them. And the Bible says in Matthew 19, Then some children were brought to Jesus so that He might lay hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the children alone and do not hinder them from coming to Me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The disciples looked at this event as an interruption. Jesus looked at it as an opportunity. How do you handle interruptions? That's the first test of your patience. What interruptions have you had today? How did you handle them? The second test is inconveniences. Inconveniences are the second test of our patience. How do you deal with inconveniences, or you could call them delays in your life? Americans, we hate to be delayed. We hate inconveniences. We are the right now generation. We're we're kind of the having waiting on me generation. We have all kinds of things. We can have a meal in a matter of minutes. We can order something off the Internet and have it in a matter of 24 hours. Have you ever ordered something and it arrives the next day like crazy? How fast this happens now. We don't like to wait. We don't like delays. Look, 150 years ago, people didn't worry if they missed a stagecoach. They could always catch another one a couple days later. (laughs) Today, we have a panic attack if we miss a green light. We're in such a hurry. Some of us battle road rage. Because you don't like inconveniences, and when somebody inconveniences you, you're going to let them know you're an inconvenience to me, so get out of my way, right? Luke 10, 40 tells us about a woman who had trouble being patient in the face of an inconvenience. 
Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha, and Martha was busy preparing a meal for the guests. But Mary was not helping. So what happens in verse 40 of chapter 10 of Luke, it says, But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, it doesn't seem, does it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Martha was upset that her sister had inconvenienced her and left her to do all the work. We all feel inconvenienced at times. We all feel delayed at times. Inconveniences is a test of our patience. The third one is this, irritations. You have interruptions, inconveniences, and irritations. Those little things in life that bug you. Here's a little list I put together, some things that that are common that bug people. Slow traffic. How about somebody going slow in the left lane? Long lines are an irritant. Flat tires, hot weather, cold weather. Look, the list could go on. Things that irritate us that try our patience. Some are controllable, but most are not. So we have to learn to adjust. How do we handle irritations? It takes patience. We read about Moses in the book of Numbers where he became irritated with the Israelites on one particular occasion. You remember this. He had put up with their petty complaints and criticisms for years, and now he had no patience left. Hey, can I stop right here and say this and just uh, chase this bunny that hopped? Pettiness is the death of a church. Pettiness steals your joy. Always remember that. When we get petty, uh, we become a a hard-to-get-along-with people. Pettiness is the death of a church. Moses had put up with their petty complaints, criticisms, and now he had no patience. He was fed up. He was tired of it. When God told him to speak to the rock to get water, he disobeyed, and here's what happened. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock, and he said to them, Listen now, you rebels, shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? You can just tell. He's he's fed up. Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came forth abundantly in the congregation and their a beast drank. Moses strikes the rock when God had told him to speak to the rock. As a result of this one act, God did not allow Moses to enter the promised land. How many understand there are consequences when we allow irritants to cause us to be impatient? Because it leads to disobedience. For many of us, our greatest irritation in life is people. That's just true. It's people. We run into people who are irritating or get us somehow discouraged or down in some way. Perhaps we need to learn the lessons of the oyster. You ever think think about this? The oyster takes an irritant, a grain of sand, and turns it into a pearl. Isn't that amazing? Learning to respond to irritations positively will enable you to transform your irritations into pearls. Irritations, the third test of our patience. How is our patient tested? Number four, inactivity. Inactivity. Most of us in this room would rather do anything but wait. We have to be busy doing something. 
We hate to wait in the doctor's office. We hate to wait at a stoplight. We hate to wait in the line at the supermarket or to be confined to bed rest. We've lost the ability. Would you agree with this? We have lost the ability to just be still. We've lost the ability to slow down and be still. Because of our devices, because of all of the buzz and busyness of life, we feel we always have to be active doing something. In fact, today, success is often defined by how much you do. And how many understand that busyness doesn't equal productivity? doesn't. Just talk to the hamster. They're busy all day long spinning that wheel. I often, look, busyness does not equal productivity. We always feel like we have to be busy doing something. Psalms 46, I remind us of this familiar verse, Be still and know that I am God. You know, most often we have this mentality, we don't just do something, stand there. We get irritated by people that aren't doing anything. And some people need to kind of have a fire lit under them to get them moving. They don't want to do anything. I get that. But we often have the mentality, don't just stand there, do something. And I sometimes I believe God is speaking and saying to us, don't just do something, stand there. We often speak of the patience of Job. Job's an example of a man who could do nothing but wait. He said, all the days of my struggle, I will wait until my change comes. Job 14, 14. We learn a lot from Job's example in the Old Testament. There's a lot in life that we just have to simply wait for. So let's ask this question. We've seen four tests of our patience. These things we all, on some level, daily are confronted with. Well, let's ask the question, how do I become a patient person? I may be looking at some tonight and say, this is a real, real battle for me. I am the least patient person I know. I've heard people say that before. I am the least patient person I know. So how do I become a patient person? What causes impatience? Now, think about this. What causes impatience? A lack of peace causes impatience. See, maybe that's why God put patience right after peace in this list of fruit of the Spirit. When you have peace in your heart, when you're walking at peace and living at peace with God, almost nothing can make you impatient. But when you do not have peace in your heart, almost anything can make you impatient. So how can we learn to be a patient person? Here's four statements that I hope tonight will help us. How do we become a patient people? I must change how I perceive problems and people, or people and problems. I must change how I perceive people and problems. We have to change our perspective. You see, we got to find a new way of looking at a person or a situation who's giving you problems. You see, patience begins by changing how you view something. When I'm impatient, I have a limited perspective. All I see is myself. Isn't it true when we become impatient, most of our attention is all on ourselves, our needs, our time, our schedule, and so forth. We have a limited perspective. You see, because the root of impatience is selfishness. So I need to get a new perspective if I'm going to be a patient individual. I need to learn to see things, so how about this, from other people's point of view. How about that? You ever thought about how life would be different for you if you learned to see life? the way your acquaintances in your life view things. 
Or maybe the way a situation is seen in the eyes of someone else. How about this, husbands? Would it be a great idea for us as husbands to learn to see life from our wife's point of view? What is it like? Ask ask yourself this question. (laughs) What is it like to be married to me? (laughs) If you want to be a successful business person, learn to see life from your customer's point of view. If you want to have a staff in your office that is just uh, uh, going above and beyond, then learn to see your workplace from their point of view. Look at the situation from the other's perspective and discover why that person feels as he or she does. doesn't mean you have to agree, but it sure helps to understand them. There's a lot of people that simply just want to be understood. Look at what the writer of Proverbs says. Look at this. It says in Proverbs 4, 5, Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. One way to acquire wisdom and understanding is to see things not just from others' point of view, but ultimately from God's point of view, to have His perspective on a situation. And from that perspective, when we learn to see things with the big picture in mind, when we learn to look at things through the eyes of faith, And from God's point of view, we learn three important things. First thing is this. I'm only human. I'm not God. Hey, isn't that a great thing to learn? I'm only human. I'm not God. We learn that if we see things from God's point of view. The second one is this. No one is perfect, not even me. We learn that lesson when we see things God's way. And then the third thing, we ultimately learn God's in control. He uses every situation to make me better. The Bible says that man's steps are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. This means you experience some divine delays in your life. Isn't that true? Some heavenly interruptions. Some irritating people are divinely placed in your life to teach you a thing or two about patience. So we have to get a new perspective. We've got to see it from God's point of view. See, patience is a mark of maturity. Most children are very impatient. I think on the way to the dentist office in Denver today, we were asked, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 times, are we almost there? By Tyler in the back. we almost there. Kids are impatient. But maturity involves the ability to wait. A person of understanding and wisdom can be patient. So we have to change how we perceive people and problems. We have to have a new point of view if we're going to be patient people. The second thing is this, as I must learn to laugh and experience joy in every situation. If I'm going to be a patient individual, I have to change my perspective of people and and problems. But I also have to learn to laugh and experience joy in every situation. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 that a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. But when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Because it's true that even scientifically that people who laugh live longer. Do you realize that? People who know how to laugh, they live longer. Human is, or humor rather, is a tension dissolver. It's an antidote 
to anxiety. It's, it's a tranquilizer without any troublesome side effects. Laughter is great for life. It's great to be a patient person. And if you do any, any uh, research into famous comedians, many grew up in poor neighborhoods with lots of problems. They became a comedian because they learned to cope with their troubles by learning to laugh and make other people laugh. So it's okay to learn to laugh. While many have looks on their faces <laughs> like they're mad at the world is because they don't have any joy in their heart. Hey, can I tell you something? It's not a personality problem. It's a spiritual problem. Learn to laugh. If you can laugh at it, you can live with it, someone said. Besides, if you learn to laugh, even sometimes at the troublesome things that happen, you'll never run out of anything to laugh at. I love it when I do something crazy. And my wife laughs at me. I don't take offense to that at all. After I finish writhing in pain, if it's something that I've done to myself, <laughs> I look at her, I say, no, I just love to make you laugh. Even if it means I just crush my finger. <laughs> you know, life is full of funny situations. Learn to laugh and enjoy life. It'll help you become a patient person. Look, learn to laugh at yourself. We all do crazy stuff. Learn to laugh at yourself. Here's the third thing. I must cultivate, if I'm going to be a patient person, I must cultivate my love for other people. I must cultivate my love for other people. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 is one of the most straightforward verses in the Bible. It says this, it says that love is patient. Okay, now wait a second. Love is, what does it say? Patient. So that means, listen, so what does that mean when you're impatient? When you're impatient, then the opposite is true I'm being unloving. When you love someone, you care about that person's needs and their desires, their hurts, their point of view, not just your own. And when you're filled with love, almost nothing can provoke you to anger or cause you to be impatient. Look, when you're filled with anger, almost anything can provoke you. And I think there's a great problem to why we struggle in the area of patience. It's because we have a lot of built-up anger that we've never resolved, that we've never dealt with. We've never taken to the foot of the cross and asked God, Lord, take this from me. Hey, can I ask you a question right now? Everybody look at me. Who right now are you angry with? Anybody? come to mind? Or is there somebody you are angry with? Because if there is, and you refuse to resolve that, then you're in sin. That's what the Bible tells us. If you don't go to that person to seek to resolve that conflict, then it's going to be hard for you to maintain a joyful spirit, a patient spirit. It's going to be hard for you to walk in the spirit when you're carrying anger toward a fellow brother, sister in Christ, a family member, your spouse, whoever it may be. Often we, we, we can't be patient because we're filled with anger because when we're filled with love, nothing provokes us to anger. When you're under pressure, whatever inside is going to come out. Isn't that true? When you're under pressure, whatever is inside is going to come out. 
Isn't it true, parents, we often see a, 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 a shameful side sometimes when our kids put us under pressure because of choices they make. One day I told my wife, I said, Amanda, I said, the way we respond when our kids mess up will determine if they ever come to us about those things in life that are deep and that are important. Sometimes kids choose to be deceitful and lie to their parents. That's, you know, that's, that's a common thing. But may God help us as Proverbs 15.1, a verse I often quote to myself as a parent, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And not just in parenting, but in everyday situations in life. Because when pressure is applied, what we are filled with comes out. May God help us to be filled with love so when, we are, when pressure is applied, Loving responses is what comes out. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in, the, in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Look, why should you be patient with other people? Because the Lord commands you to love people. You should be patient because God commands you to love people. And number four tonight, and lastly, how do I become a patient person? Is I must depend on the Lord. Not only cultivate my love for other people, but I must depend on the Lord. And this, you know, nothing profound here, but something we need to be reminded of. Because patience is not merely a matter of human willpower. It is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. We see this in Galatians 5. You cannot just psych yourself up and say, I'm going to be patient today. <laughs> you just That's just not... It's not in you to do that. Because by nature, we are sinful, fleshly, impatient individuals. Patience is not just willpower. Patience is not saying he doesn't really irritate me when deep inside you're really thinking, this person really getting on my nerves. Patience isn't wearing a mask and pretending like everything's just fine and dandy. That's not what patience is. If it's God's patience you feel, it's, if it's the genuine attribute of the Spirit, if it's the fruit of the Spirit, you will have a genuine inner peace about life, about relationships, about the problems. And, and you'll have a different perspective. You'll see things from God's point of view. You'll notice as you walk in the Spirit, isn't this true? You'll notice as you walk in the Spirit, certain situations don't bother you quite like they used to. As you grow in your life of faith, you'll understand. You'll see things that simply don't mean as much as they used to because God has grown you. Things that used to irritate you no longer irritate you. Why? Because we have learned to depend on the Lord. But patience is a form of faith. Patience says, I trust God. I believe that God is bigger than this problem. I believe that God has his hands in these irritations, these interruptions, these things in my life. And he's using them for my good. Faith helps us look at life from God's point of view. Faith helps us bring our hard questions to God. Faith helps us say, God, what do you want me to learn from this situation? God, what do you want me to learn from being in a doctor's office, a dentist's office for three hours this afternoon? You know, I mean, there's things that God wants to teach us in moments where we get irritated, moments where we're tempted to be impatient. God, what do you want me to learn? Can I ask you a question? Did Noah have to wait before the promise of God was fulfilled? Yeah, he did. Anybody remember how long he had to wait? 
before the rain came. What's that? 120 years. It's a long time to wait. It's a long time he had to be patient. Anybody remember how long Abraham waited to have a son that he was promised? He was 100 years old. Moses waited 40 years in the desert. And then another 40, leading the children across the desert to the promised land. It's a long time to be patient. Everyone in the Old Testament times was waiting for the Messiah to come. In the New Testament, the disciples waited in the upper room for the Holy Spirit. The Bible is a book about waiting when you think about it. Why? Because waiting demonstrates faith. And Hebrews 11 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Would you agree that the hardest kind of waiting happens when you are in a hurry and God's not? When you want something to happen and God is just, you feel like dragging his feet. It's hard to be patient when you're waiting for an answer to prayer, when you're waiting for a miracle to happen, when you're in the struggle and you're fighting with everything you got. It's hard when you're in a hurry and God isn't, but waiting patiently is evidence of faith, believing that God, that better days are coming and that one day heaven will be our home. So how long can you wait? Can I ask you a question? Has God ever been late? (laughs) He never has been. He's never been late. He's always on time. His timing is perfect. He may not move according to our schedule, but he's always on time. He's always on his schedule. He wants us to trust him, wants us to wait on him. The psalmist put it this way, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. In Psalms 37, he said, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. That's a promise for those who decide to trust, to dwell, to delight, to commit. You do those things. You wait on him. He says, I will do it. That's a promise you can take to the bank. Look, patience is evidence of our faith in the Lord. Why should we be patient? Because God is patient. How many are thankful to line that God's been patient with you? Boy, that's enough right there to motivate us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and ask God, Lord, help this attribute be seen in my life, this attribute of patience. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. Watch, but is patient towards you. Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is patient. May God help us to be patient. Let's stand together tonight for prayer. Father, I thank you tonight for uh, your word that helps us. Lord, even in these practical matters in life, uh, God, it helps us. Uh, God, I'll be the first to say that I know patience and allowing my flesh to get in the way can often be a battle uh, in regards to this truth we've talked about tonight. God, I'm thankful for every day that you're teaching me this lesson Uh, Lord, whether it's as a parent or a spouse, as a pastor, uh, God, just in the public places with people and the different distractions and irritations of life. Lord, I'm thankful how you're teaching me this truth. 
And God, help me, help others, help us all tonight to live out this truth. God, help us to change how we perceive people and problems and have a godly perspective. Have your perspective of people and the problems we encounter in life. Father, I pray that we would learn to laugh and experience joy in each situation. Uh, God, we have much to, to rejoice in. And God, laughter is a gift that you've given us. Your word tells us it's a medicine. And so God, help us to be a joyful people. Uh, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to cultivate our love for other people. Lord, to deepen this love that we should have for others as a reflection of the love you have for us. And God, when life puts pressure on us and squeezes us, God, I pray that love would overflow, not impatience uh, or frustration or anger, but God, that love would overflow. And God, help us to depend on you. God, we often get distracted in our faith. We begin to depend on ourselves and try to figure it all out, which leads to impatience, which leads to frustration and all kinds of other things in life that are just unhealthy. And so God, help us tonight uh, to refocus our hearts and our minds on how much we need to depend on you to bring about these things we're learning about on Wednesday night, um, to bring these things about in our lives, for them to be visible uh, so the world can give you glory. God, help us tonight to be a patient people. I'm going to ask Brother Eric Ramsey to close us in prayer.